<laughs> yeah. So you, you had a, a hiatus with this show? Um, so you, you remember a few minutes ago when you talked about just kind of getting fed up and burning everything to the ground? Yeah. Yeah, I did that. I, uh, I literally like destroyed the website. I took all of the episodes. I put them on Internet Archive. And I just said, I can't deal with this right now. And I think it was like two months later, I finally saw a psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your, uh, this, this relaunch you're doing now, what's, what's new and different? Um, the, the big thing was during the time that I burned everything to the ground, I, I had interviewed a couple of people who are, I don't want to say like huge in the, in the space, but I had, I had gotten to hang out with, uh, Mike Vardy up in Canada, uh, sure. from Productivityist, and a great guy. Like, I mean, yeah, I, I can say I, I enjoyed being on his podcast. I've had him on this podcast before and, uh, someone that literally when he comes to San Diego, we always grab dinner, but. Uh, one of the things that, that he had mentioned was, hey, you know, you have the ability to be a coach, but you're not charging rates that would sustain a coaching business. And I think at the time I was charging $30 a month for coaching. And oh, wow. yeah, and people were just like, that's ridiculous. And then the other person that I interviewed was uh, uh, Stephanie Hurlbert, uh, who on Twitter has like a huge following. And uh, she said the same thing. She was like, you know, hey, I do B2B business. You know, I... I don't think about the B2C side except for my like online persona. But when I'm, when I'm doing business, it is strictly B2B. I charge B2B rates. Uh, you seem like you have a great idea with this coaching thing, but you should really increase your pricing. And I said, okay, I'm going to take a full stab at this. And uh, just like that, everything started to implode. And I, I just said, I can't, I can't deal with that. So I, I did like the best of both worlds. I still, I actually charge $45 now um, instead of 30, but it's per call. And I mean, that's a lot more than what I was charging, but I also do podcast production and stuff on the side. And while doing all of that, there, it just felt like something was missing. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm bringing Pitt back. I'm doing it. It's going to be better. And so far it actually has been now that I've, you know, I'm getting better with medication. I'm gaining some balance. I no longer have this stupid heart monitor that I had to wear for a while, which is a whole nother story, but things were looking up. And I said, you know what, if any time were going to come when I could bring back Pitt and I, I really missed it and wanted it to come back, now is the time. So let me just do it. And I'm going to do it my way. And I'm not going to take the advice of others. And I'm, you know, let's just see what happens. And, and so far it's been good. Awesome. Well, welcome to Pit in 2019. I'm calling it uh, the the Pit 2.0. Uh, it's weird because you know seasons are, are kind of funny like that. And I just read like a blog post about versioning, and people were like, "Oh, well, if you don't, if you use a version that's like everything is version zero, then you know people don't think that it's serious enough. But then if you only have a version one, people think your product's new and." And like a 2.0 is when it starts to actually make sense to people to invest in. So I was like, all right, whatever, 2.0. <laughs> Let's go with I, that. I hit, so marked 2.0 was a complete rewrite. It was a whole new application. But then I started doing more incremental. I had 2.1, 2.2. When I hit 2.5, I switched to semantic versioning. 
2.5 has been out for years now. I'm currently on 2.5.29. And I, I feel like it's actually, it, you're right, it's a good place. Like 2.0 was where it became a full-fledged product, even, even in my own mind. Uh, I don't really need to make it version 8, Mark 8. Plus, I, I put Mark 2, I put 2 into the title of the application, like a bonehead. And so now it's kind of, uh, I, I don't want, if I make a Mark III, it has to be a whole new application again. But And, and that was kind of my goal here. Like each episode I, I had, I just recorded uh, 2.0.1 and then this will be 2.0.2. <laughs> and I'm just going to keep doing that until I have 2.0.1400 and something. And then we'll, we'll figure it out from there. Well, uh, you, you got to get to 2.1.0 at some point. When we get new music, we'll do, we'll do 2.1. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing something similar with Systematic. Systematic is uh, kind of on hiatus until February. And then I'm going to start doing a season-based approach because I definitely burnt out on Systematic. Um, I have great guests. I have great conversations. But I was finding myself uh, dreading sitting down for the hour to record them. And now I miss it. It's been a month or two. And um, I think that if I set up a topic, like pick one overarching topic, and then do six to eight episodes on that topic, and then take another break, and start putting it out as seasons, I think I'll burn out a lot less, and probably come out with more interesting shows than, than a burnt out podcaster just trying to produce every week. I'll be doing something that's actually interesting to me. I think that was one of the things like with, with this new relaunch, I said, I'm not doing any product. Um, I'll interview people who own, like who have products, but I'm not doing like product features or product spotlights. And uh, the only time I'll do any type of like, Oh, Hey, we're going to release this podcast around some release is for something that I really believe in. Like I'm, I'm currently talking with uh, some people for app. Uh, what is it? Uh, app camp for girls yeah and there is the women x conference that happens later on this month in oakland and like these are things that i genuinely think that we need we need more like and I, i've told my wife this like i said hey i'm buying a ticket for somebody that i don't know in oakland so they can go to this conference and she was like why I said, because one day I hope that someone will buy my daughter a ticket to this random conference in Oakland for women. And like, to me, that's, that's something that I want to see grow. I want my, I want my daughter to be able to go to app camp for girls when she's old enough. And I've, I've decided that as a business person, now I'm actually going to give a crap about the things out there that I want to see you know supported by Pitt on and to see you know my kids one day be a part of and to maybe even one day build myself I, I don't know where, what that looks like yet but I've I've just gotten tired of the point of like hey let me you know let me do something so that I can make a hundred bucks or let me do something so that I can you know get an advertiser like my goal right now for like patronage is if I make 150 bucks, my hosting is paid for for the entire year. And that means the money that would go to hosting, I can buy random conference tickets and just give them to people. That's awesome. Like, seriously, I, that, that touches my heart. And you're right. By, by not 
by not shilling every product that pays you, you're actually building up trust. And when you do promote something that you really believe in, it has that much more weight. And App Camp for Girls is a really good choice for that. Absolutely. I, I've wanted to like figure out how to get involved in like, not even like in front of the scenes, like behind the scenes, just help get something in San Diego for App Camp for Girls. Cause we have, we have a large uh, technology center, but a lot of it is like, like biotech. And uh, of course we have Oracle, not Oracle. Um, what is the name of that company? We have a couple of big companies down here and everything is, everything is like corporate focused and with a lot of corporate focused uh, projects, you tend to not get the, the stuff that matters. Everybody is still focused on, well, where did you get your CS degree at? You know, what branch of the military did you serve in and, and all of these other things. And it's like, people can't afford that down here. It's expensive. Like I, I can barely afford to run a business. Like I still have to do a daytime job just so I can afford my mortgage. And <laughs> like I bought it, I bought a house because it was cheaper than renting. Like that's how ridiculous it is down here. You know where it's cheap to live? Minnesota. Oh man. I, I, I would, but it's really cold up there. It's actually and 45 degrees today. Wow, I think it's actually like in the fifties in, in San Diego right now. So yeah, this is this we're supposed to at this point in the year be ten below at least, but this is a weird year, and maybe a harbinger of the future. But right now it's forty five degrees outside and sunny, and yeah. our property tax is is minimal, and our cost of living is compared to anything in California, our cost of living is basically free. So, so the, the real question is, do I have to pay to start an LLC? And if so, do I have to pay every single year? I started, I started an S Corp. I paid my lawyer, but I don't think there were fees. Uh, I don't cost, remember. It's it costs us $800 a year just to have an LLC. Wow. Yeah, I, I can't, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say anything because it's been so long in Minnesota since I've done it. Yeah. If that's a standard, it's probably true here too. Well, I, I think it is specifically a California standard. Um, and a lot of it was to, to avoid tax shelters. Uh, a lot of people were starting businesses because everything is so expensive and taxes are expensive. And it was like, oh, hey, if I start a business, I can throw everything under the business and then write it off. And I mean, well, yeah, that's true. I, I mean, I actually do operate a business, but... I, right now I'm operating as a sole proprietor and like I'm partnering with someone in the UK just so that we can get like an LLP there and like, Oh, Hey, if we get an LLP there, I don't have to pay my crazy tax fees. And uh, it's, it's so frustrating. That it's crazy. Yeah. I was going to ask you something else. I forgot. I hate it when that happens. I, I remember, well, I say I remember like it hasn't been forever. Like on Systematic, you started doing like this, what was it, the pick six? Yeah. That Episodes a, that were nothing but top picks, the perfect six. Yeah, I, I don't have any picks, so I can't help you there. Um, I don't know. It's It's been wild. I, I bought an Apple Pencil 
for my iPad, but I bought have the old iPad, so I have the old Apple pencils. <laughs> That's have you found it have you found it useful? Do you sketch much? I don't sketch, but I am a I'm an analog productivity person. So when it comes to like my day to day productivity, everything's on like pen and paper. Yeah. And I've I've noticed that I mean you see this this whole notion thing here, that is all business stuff. And when I'm having to navigate through that, it's just easier with the pencil, like on my iPad than it is. I mean, you remember the the frustration that I ran with this back book like 30 minutes ago. So, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, I can't, my handwriting is so bad that writing with my pencil would be uh, just out of the question as far as I'm concerned. Um, but I have been taking drawing lessons through <laughs> Udemy. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, I because I, I went to art school, I used to be able to draw pretty darn well. I have some great, uh, some figure drawing that I, I look at and try to remember, how did I do that? And then I remember I would sit in five hour long classes and just draw the same model over and over again, and I'll eventually get there. But I somehow lost it along the way. And so I'm retraining myself to be able to draw again i want to get back into charcoal i want to be a yogi charcoal artist who happens to program i was going to say so you'll, you'll your days would be like four hours on a computer and then another like four hours in front of an easel and then another four hours in the studio uh, maybe three and a half we'll like get that down to like a 12 hour day um, hey, that's that's a good balance though i mean i've spent in the last two days, I've probably spent 16 hours in front of a computer and it's only 12, 15 in the afternoon. Yeah, that's way too much. Yeah. I'm down to, I, I work like actual sitting at a computer and working. I'm down to four hour days and that is working well for me. I get more done because I take the time in the morning and I, I go to yoga class and I have a good, well, I usually have smoothies, but it's a good breakfast with lots of greens. And I take my time getting into work and then I put in four good hours and then go back to doing things that I enjoy and that help me, you know, recover, renew. And then being able to just do, because most people aren't productive for more than four hours a day anyway. So if I can put in my four hours when I'm productive, I don't have to sit and, and toil over things for eight hours at a time. I, th I think the problem that I have though is I might program for three hours, two or three hours, you know, just working on, I'm, I'm building this static page generator thing because all of the Python version ones don't support podcasting very well. Sure. So I was like, yeah, I'll just do my own. Why not? That's what... <laughs> I say WWBD, what would Brett do? <laughs> but at, at the same time, it's like the other 10 hours are recording podcasts, editing podcasts, doing newsletters for people, which by the way, if you need a newsletter, let me know. Um, and, and like all of these other things. So then like I turn the, like I turn the screen down and it's like, it's nine o'clock, I'm going to bed, but then I'm up again at five in the morning doing the exact same thing all day. And I can't say that I'm a huge fan of it, but at the same time, it's one of those like, it's gotta get done. 
And right now I'm the only person that can do it, which again, partnership, hopefully that changes a little bit. Uh, but it, it's stressful. It really is. Like I, I have to also balance, you know, playing with a three month old and, and spending time with my wife and cooking dinner and, uh, yeah. 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 Like for me, I, I don't make nearly as much money as I used to. Um, I had to shed a lot of a lot of extra things or things that were stressing me out in order to get to a place where I'm happy. Uh, I don't, I never, I don't care about being rich. Like it's never been a real goal of mine. I like to have enough money that I can not worry that I'm going to be able to pay my bills and get groceries and have a little to have fun with. If I can do that, I'm, I'm content. So it was easy for me to leave my great job and, start paring down what I'm working on. It's more important to me to have these four hour days than it is to, uh, plus I don't have kids. That would, that would be a huge time investment and I would need more money. So I get how that's different. I think the big thing for me is once I get this business to a point in which I can pay my bills, that's when the day job is like out the window. Like I'm, I'm not, and like my boss is like fully aware of that too. That's like the funny part. He's like, well, I'm not rooting for your business to fail, but at the same time, I, I needed to like slowly progress to that point. And I mean, I'll, I'll be 30 this year. It's, I, I don't even, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was 25. I still don't fully know what I want to do now that I'm, you know, turning 30 and it's like, I just want to be able to cook dinner, go to the grocery store, buy more food so I can cook dinner and then hang out with my kid and, and my wife and doing all of this stuff. I enjoy the work that I'm doing, but I can definitely see where, you know, working in a nine to five, coming home, recording podcasts, editing the podcast, and then going to sleep at like 1130 at night is not conducive to a healthy uh, lifestyle. Or sustainable. Or sustainable, yeah. So now I got to somehow figure out how to fit yoga in with that too. <laughs> <laughs> Are you gonna try it? You know, I've I had the um, I forgot what it's called. It's like the app that they do. It was like a thirty dollar a month subscription thing where like you can just uh, like, yoga glow up. or uh, asana something. I want to say it was yoga glow, and you know, I it was it was working like. I mean, I felt bad because my, my yoga mat that I'm standing on right now, not because I'm talking to you, just because that's what it has become, is <laughs> a great floor dampener. Um, like, it is, there has been so much sweat on it from doing videos, doing everything else. And it's like, if I tried to do yoga as well and fully commit to it, I feel like I would, I would like collapse. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, well. It worked for me. I can't, I can't be a hard sell for anyone else. I, I definitely could see how it would work. Like the times that I have done it, I have enjoyed doing it. And, and I think that's a start. Like I have at least tried it and I have no problem with it. It's just a matter of like, okay, I need to, if I, if I pay someone and actually go to the classes and do it, that means I have to work harder now because I have to justify paying. And then on top of that, that's more time that gets taken away. So one of the things that happened, uh, I mentioned earlier, uh, a heart monitor thing 
Um, I got diagnosed with vasovagal syncope, which just means when I laugh too hard, I pass out. Oh, wow. Like actually pass out. And uh, yeah, they, they suspended my driver's license over it. And aside from carpooling, that means I walk to a lot of places that are nearby now. And that has helped. Like I've lost 25 pounds just from not being able to drive anywhere. Um, wow. So <clears throat> congrats that. on that. Sorry about your heart. That is and, a condition I have never heard of before. In, in the words of, of my cardiologist now, there's nothing going on with my heart that would allow, that would cause me to drop dead instantly. Um, but I could have a seizure and that's where they're like, oh, yeah, we, we kind of have to keep an eye on this. So luckily heart monitor's off now. I'm just waiting for him to write his clearance and then I should be able to get my license back. Although I have to say, I kind of like walking to places, so I'm probably going to keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it's been really good for you. Yeah. Well, that walking. and the, the stimulants, I mean, I, I'm sure you've, you've dealt with that. Like once I started um, I'm on Adzenus now and it was the same thing with Adderall. Like I can't eat when I'm medicated, which sucks, but it's like a thing. Yeah. I don't have that problem. Oh, I'm jealous. Cause <laughs> I don't take high quantities. Like uh, I honestly, most days barely feel the, uh, the stimulant effects mm. and it doesn't really, I don't know. It, 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 I don't think it works terribly well. I've been feeling like my meds aren't doing a lot for me, but I also don't want to give them up. So, yeah, I, and I totally get that. And like when I was on Adderall, I felt like a completely different person. And which was why I was like, okay, get me off this because I'm not eating. I don't feel like myself. I, I felt like Superman, but I felt like Superman with like a kryptonite chest plate the second that it wore off and it was like, this isn't, this isn't good. Yeah. Yeah. I've been there. That that Focalin was like that for me. Wow. Yeah. Well, cool, man. I I enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, me too. Good to talk to you. Welcome. It's good to have you back in the podcast world.